Hey there, happy Wednesday. It's 11 a.m. and it's time for another episode of CHGO Bears presented by PointsBet. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. What's going on? I'm your host today, Will DeWitt. Nicholas Moriano is right here with me. Adam Hogue will be joining the show later on. He's currently flying back to Chicago from the annual league meeting. But Nick, day two, back-to-back for me here in the studio with you. Feels great. And look at us, brightening up this otherwise dreary day here in Chicago. Yeah, and we got our workout in this morning, too. So we started the day off right, and yeah, and that, like you said, it was kind of dreary out, and I think it's raining right now. I can't even tell. Uh, the windows are wet, if that says anything. Wet. I think <laughs> if the windows are wet, that does say something. <laughs> Me, too. So <laughs> we're bright. We're wearing pretty much the same shoes today. Yeah, uh, we did not plan this, though. So if you're, like, wondering how this happened... It just happened. That That's literally all I can say about that. And if people are like, well, you know, Will, you stayed at Nick's house last night. You already packed your shoes. You didn't see the shoes until after Bears fit because I kept them in my suitcase. True. And I wore this because it was raining. It's got that, you know, wet repellent stuff. And yeah, that's that's why I wore this. So, by the way, Bears fit. Awesome. Uh, well worth like the three to four year wait of you just talking it up. Really great <laughs> facility. And you know, I'm already a little sore as I was telling you as we're walking around the studio, uh, but you put in a real serious, like, lower, like, like leg day. And when I saw you over, like, in the field area, like, were you wearing, like, some, like, weighted shoulder pads? Is that what I saw? It was a sandbag, and I just, I'm like, I didn't know what the plan was for today. It was going to be low. It was leg day, but I just picked it up and started doing some lunges and started jumping with it, and now I'm already feeling it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, we got plenty of Bears talk to get here today. And uh, just to kind of start off the show, there's like a hodgepodge of topics that I would like to kind of just hit on uh, that we didn't hit on yesterday. Uh, and I know Adam will be joining us later, and we don't want to take everything away from his time with us from the annual meeting. Uh, but something that was kind of brought up that we should discuss was the fact that, you know, Ryan Poles did mention that, you know, Larry Ogunjobi, that's still possible. Uh, like they, they can come to maybe some terms once he gets, you know, a little bit down the road with his rehab process uh, to me obviously that's a smart kind of way to approach this because he was the player you wanted it's just that the rehab wasn't as on track as you thought it should be so what are your thoughts on you know the fact that Joby can still become a Chicago Bear well it kind of goes back to the language they used in the press release that they said they weren't going to sign Larry Joby today and we were wondering well does that leave it open to down the road for him to possibly be back with the Bears and it kind of seemed like what Ryan Poles was saying that it does. And again, it, he has to be cleared medically and the money will be different. It's unfortunate for Larry Ogunjobi, but if it could still work out, like the Bears, that was their first big signing that they wanted to make happen. If they can get him back on a better deal and it seems right um, medically with Larry Ogunjobi, you look at that defensive line rotation now, Will, you have Robert Quinn, you put Kyrus Tonga, Justin Jones, Travis Gibson slash Quan Muhammad, Angela Blackson, and... Mario Edwards, like that becomes the strength of your team. If especially if you can add Ogajobi to that, now you have a bunch of guys that you can rotate in and out. Right. If you can get your, you know, your plan A at three tech as well as your plan B on yeah. this roster already with a guy with like Angelo Blackson who we really liked last year, who I would anticipate being, you know, still effective in this defense. You know, Mario Edwards, if he remains a Chicago Bear, which as of right now seems like that's the case, mm-hmm. he should also be able to step into that interior too, and in Tonga, the bigger body is super strong, and I know the ends as well. You know, they mentioned yesterday, you know, trading Robert Quinn hasn't really come up. That's not really an option. So, like you said, that defensive line could be a strength for this unit, which it has been for, like, the past few years now, and that can still kind of carry over despite the regime change. Yeah, yeah, and I think the other thing, too, obviously you make the defensive line a strength, but 
you have to feel for like Larry Ogunjobi too. Imagine that that conversation that he had with Ryan Poles, saying we're not gonna you know make this happen. That's generational wealth and him working towards that. But maybe now there's an opportunity for him again not to get the same exact um, payday, but something that you know you could feel comfortable with, your family can feel comfortable with, and ultimately you get to play in a, a city like Chicago and get to play for Matt Eberflus in this defense, which obviously Larry Ogunjobi was looking forward to doing. So. You know, maybe things down the line work out, and maybe it's past, like, training camp days, and it happens, what, Khalil Mack was signed, what, a couple days before the season opener, so, mm-hmm. you know, there's not really a timeline as to when this can happen, but we'll we'll keep it open and see if that actually becomes a possibility for the Bears. Yes, unfortunate for Oak and Joby the person, yeah. you know, because he was really, you know, excited about this opportunity uh, to kind of get, like you said, that big payday, because looking at his career, like, this is probably that, that one time that it could have happened, yeah. just uh, where he stands right now. But good news for the Bears if it does something you know that comes to fruition uh, down the road. Uh, something else that we wanted to kind of discuss here at the top was uh, those overtime rules that were passed yesterday. Mm-hmm. We kind of gave our live reaction because the news broke like halfway through yesterday's show. Now that we've had some time to kind of chew on it a bit, where's your head on it? Well, well, you actually mentioned this on what I think it was last Friday's show that does the problem necessarily get solved because if both teams score then the next, you know, then becomes sudden death again. Yep. Then you're like, oh, well, Josh Allen doesn't get another opportunity, right? So that was that was just one of the thoughts I also had. But it also seems like I was thinking about the defense perspective in this. Okay, you let a team go down the field and score in overtime, and your defense that gave up that touch gets bailed out, essentially, because now your offense gets an opportunity to go back and tie the game again. It's like, okay... Teams go into the playoffs, maybe they have a clear advantage. Like, their strength of their team is their offense, and their defense isn't very good. You take advantage of that, yep. and you win the game there. But if you want to see more points being scored, this offense is very oriented around the offense, you know, putting up points, then the overtime rules kind of help that to, to happen. But, again, you kind of go back in the same place if both teams do score first. And that's what, that was my point. Like, if you just extend it one time, like, what does it really do other than just – allow sudden death to be exactly the same overtime just a little bit later. And if it is, you know, it's only for the postseason. So mm-hmm. you're not going to have like a timed overtime period. It's going to just be until pretty much it's settled. So if both teams score, then you're right back to where you should have been or could have been under the old rules. So, so to me, it's almost delaying the inevitable. Yeah. And I'll be interested to see if it does pan out to this exact scenario, whether it be this postseason, next postseason, if that's just enough to maybe, you know, force the owners to look at it yet again and tweak it further. Yeah, and the thing is, like, I don't have an alternative. <laughs> like, I just don't want to. I don't want to say here, like, hey, this is the what they rules? should do. The what? The oh, college. the col- <sighs> It's entertaining to watch, mm-hmm. but man, like, I, yeah, I don't know if that's gonna fly in the NFL. But imagine that here, postseason. Okay, I got to jump in here because yeah. here's my thought. Okay, you take the college rules, and where is my face? There we go. <laughs> uh, you take the college rules, but you tweak it a little bit. How about you put them at the either the fifty or maybe your own 30 or something like that where each team gets one possession, but from a different spot. Cause I mean the college, it seems like, a t- you know, like teams that couldn't score all games. Suddenly they're scoring every single time. True. true. Unless you're Penn state and Illinois shout out to that <laughs> nine overtime game. But I mean, I just, I just feel like each team needs the ball and it should be like a real possession, not like the 25. That just seems too easy. So maybe like the 40, I thought would double college. Yeah. I mean, that's not bad. Yeah. I mean, 50, I can see as well, you know, make it a little bit more true. And, you know, the NFL is already looking to phase out kickoffs in general anyway. So that could 
all kind of tie in, you know, eventually. Yeah, and I mean, even if you didn't get, what, the touchdown, if you're in college rules, you just kick the field goal, right? And obviously, you know, the team has the opportunity to score a touchdown and win the game. But, yeah, furthering it would, I think, make it more enticing. Make it, you, have to, you have to play offense, and you actually have to move the ball to get somewhere. But they're going to try this out for the postseason. How about, see how, it how about this, uh, this comment we have on screen here? Could just eliminate OT if the score is tied. The team that scored last loses. I don't know about that. <laughs> That's pretty harsh. What a strategy. Like, I don't want to <laughs> score here. We may lose. Oof. That's yeah, another I don't thing know how that works. About. Like, if you kick a field goal to tie it, you lose. So, what, do you just lose? I guess then you'd go for the Hail Mary? That's a, I think I it's know. a hilarious proposal. Like, I, I love the thought process behind <laughs> it. I would just imagine, like, the talk on a broadcast. Like, they're going for the field goal here, which means they may end up losing if they make it. Oh, man, yeah. Uh, again, all one? proposals here. Katie's Burner, 1418, says, make the kickers do a shootout from the 50 to 55 for sudden death. Oh, <laughs> man. Put it all on the kickers. Like, if you're in the Bears situation with Cody Parkey, you already know you're losing that one. But, man, that would be that would be interesting. Cody well. Parkey, what, what year is it? Well, I'm saying if it was, if that was no. the rule in 2018. We got, we got Cairo Santos now. It's, <laughs> let's right. do it. It's, it's, let's do it. It's a non-issue, Nick. That's it's true. a non-issue. Just saying. Issue. It was. But it's like hockey, you know, shootout rules. So that's another one that, you know, is interesting just to kind of talk about here on the show. Um, but regardless, you know, overtime, it's changing. And uh, we'll see how it all pans out next postseason if we even come to the same exact uh, situation like we saw during the Bills-Chiefs game uh, this past year. Uh, a takeaway that you and I were kind of talking about last night and again this morning was kind of uh, from Coach Eberflus in his interview on the Hogan Johns podcast. So I want to give them credit for that interview. And I mm-hmm. know uh, when Adam joins us later, he'll be giving us even more insights from it. Uh, but something that we liked hearing from Coach Flus was that, you know, he believes with his philosophy uh, and coaching these players up to play at a higher level of effort, that'll take someone which he called like a B minus player. And with that higher level, a level of intensity turns them into like that A minus realm. You know, a C plus guy can be become a B plus guy. Mm-hmm. So we wanted to take some time here just to discuss like who are some of those B minus C plus guys on this roster that perhaps with this new philosophy, they buy in 110% can turn into those B plus A minus types of guy. And the bears can get, you know, more out of them maybe that we saw in years past. And, you know, I listed only defense, you know, defensive guys here, but you said, Hey, well, this can also apply for offense. And I, I think that's fair. So we can kind of keep this open. Who's the very first player that came to mind. I put Justin Fields. I put a guy that if he buys into the system, and he kind of already embodied that in the last regime, a hard worker, someone that's going to give all of his effort and be a leader. That's exactly what Justin Fields is. And now with the system, especially with with the players, what they have to embody here, giving that hustle, not having the turnovers and, you know, that intensity that you got to have with this. But Fields already has shown that. And what this coaching staff and GM Ryan Poles have kind of stated is that the scheme is going to play a big part into what Justin Fields is going to be able to do and taking that second ju- or that jump in year two. And if we're talking about like the mental reps, his decision making, Fields can really make that jump himself without necessarily having the talent around him. He could still know where to go with the ball, how quickly to, you know, diagnose the progression and go to the receiver that it's intended to go to. So he can do that himself without necessarily having like the, the talent around him. Yes. Maybe if he makes the right decision and it's not open, it's like now that's on the other guy. But, you know, if Fields just buys into this, which I think he's already has, he's definitely a player that you could see just take that next jump, get that go from a B to an A or whatever it may be. But that's the guy that I immediately thought of that didn't kind of go towards the defense. 
And I think this makes sense because like when we were in school and you had like a lower grade, you can do a thing called extra credit and raise your <laughs> grade. So extra credit, uh, extra effort here. One of the very first players, at least for the Bears defense that came to mind, uh, was a guy that had a role expand last year, but still wasn't large. But I would anticipate it growing even bigger here this year would be like a Travis Gibson, mm-hmm. you know, someone yeah. who's a really up and coming uh, ascending player here. And if he buys into this system and he's learned from Khalil Mack for a couple of years, he's had Robert Quinn to take him under his wing as well. We've talked about how much we like, like those raw intangibles that he brings to the table. Uh, I think like a guy like Travis Gibson can, you know, be make an impact uh, as part of that defensive end rotation and become like a guy that could be like a B, B plus type of player for this Bears defense. Same thing goes with the new guy, uh, Nick Morrow, uh, I think mm-hmm. for linebacker as well. Big reason why they brought him in, saw the potential over there with, you know, the Raiders. You bring him here. Uh, we'll see how he fits with Roquan there. Uh, if they do interchange between Will and, you know, uh, Mike as well. But I think Nick Morrow, someone who can come in uh, with a better surrounding cast, buying into the system, turn into someone who can contribute at a higher level here in Chicago than maybe we thought of as soon as they made the signing. Another guy that I was thinking of, as you were kind of just talking here, Will, I think I'm Mario Edwards. If he ends up being on this team and kind of is still to find himself in the rotation here, a lot of like his issues came with what those, those personal foul penalties, just kind of losing yourself within the game. But if you can buy into the system and give that effort, like he has the talent to get to the quarterback. We've seen it. And, yes, he only had two sacks last year, but he had four the year prior to that. But that's a guy that does flash some good moves to get to the quarterback. And if he buys into the system, man, what does that do for your defensive line rotation when guys need a breather? I think that can definitely, you know, be a factor into, you know, how he plays this season if he does end up staying on the roster. And as we're kind of talking – now it's definitely raining. If it wasn't raining before, <laughs> you, you could it? definitely hear it on the outside here. Yeah. But you, probably, you can't hear it on mic. We're good. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, one more I wanted to mention uh, was a player that uh, Adams asked uh, Iberflus about, and that was Thomas Graham Jr. Mm. I think he's someone that, again, we didn't get a lot of him last year. I don't even think you can give him a grade, although if you did, PFF did have him <laughs> graded as the yes. highest graded corner in the entire league last year. But he's someone that I believe can really – if he gets a time to shine, really execute on it. So uh, that's definitely one other player. Um, I see in the comment here, is Thomas Graham going to start on the outside opposite of 33? I don't a little early to say that, but I do believe he has a opportunity to earn himself a role, perhaps at the nickel. And I wouldn't rule out outside guy. I just say it's a little early to say here, you know, almost the end of March, like, yes, that's going to be the guy. Yeah, and I mean, that's where he played in Oregon. He did play on the outside. But I think in the NFL – with his skill set, and look, we've seen a very small sample size of it in, in the NFL. You, you point to the, the Monday night game against Minnesota where he was able to, you know, be in a really good position in a lot of plays. But, man, I think that, that nickel role for Thomas Graham Jr. would be the one that he can immediately compete at because it's wide open. Same for the outside cornerback, cornerback spot, but I think the Bears um, maybe just have a vision of what that outside, maybe just a taller guy too, to be completely honest, someone that could be physical and press the, the, the wide receivers. But I think Thomas Graham and the nickel makes a lot of sense. So another takeaway, or not even really takeaway, but something we liked hearing out of the Bears head coach, Matt Eberflus, was uh, about this thing that is, they call team tackles. Uh, this is, if it's a run play, it's automatic. Um, but if it's a pass play under 15 yards, so it's pretty much from the line of scrimmage to 15 yards out, they want seven people to the football 
every single time. So that's, again, preaching that high level of intensity and effort. Like if you're loafing, you're not running that football, you're going to be in trouble uh, here on this defense. So we were having a great conversation last night. Like who are some of like the first seven bears to the ball, like all time? Like if you had to think of like an all-time bear, like who do you guarantee is one of those first people, you know, in that quote team tackle and uh, one that we both share although there's five out of the seven that <laughs> yeah. we found out when we made these lists independently uh, was uh, Brian Erlacher obviously you know with someone of his caliber and the speed and what we saw uh, during his tenure he was always one of those players yeah for sure that was like one of the first guys I had on my list of seven but people in the comments too like if you yes. think about Bears players and Bears defenders in history who are going to be those seven guys that rally to the football and oh I love this yes and, uh, Akeem Hicks uh, from from is that Nick Johnson over there was always swarming 15 yards downfield. Yeah, he he's definitely a guy like in this last I don't know era of Bears. Like, yeah, it's yeah, definitely an era, right? Um, he's one that definitely embodies that. Um, another guy that I thought of and that was both on our list here, uh, Peanut Tillman. Yes, somebody that was always should we, around. Should we reveal your full list, or do you want to? How do you want to? Yeah, do this? You know, I got the should, full screen. Do you want to see all seven at once here? Yeah, let's just go. We'll surf it off. All right, let's, let's go. go let's it. go with Nick's first, then. Okay. Okay. There, there's my list. There, Lance Brace, Khalil Mack, Charles Peanut Tillman, Dick Buckus, Mike Singletary, Brian Erlacher, Mike Brown, and yeah, I mean those guys. We there's the stats speak for themselves, and obviously a lot of those guys are you know also going to be. Are, are in the Hall of Fame, and some will co- hopefully join them. But, like, a guy even like Mike Brown, who plays a safety position, so many of his plays coming downhill, reading and reacting to, you know, a receiver going over the middle and just making a play within those 15 yards that Eberflus is talking about. Like, that's a guy I can count on. And, obviously, you see the graphic there with Dick Buckus. Like, Ooh. you already know where he's going to be laying laying the wood on some <laughs> poor, poor receiver, t- whoever was over the middle of the field. But... Yeah, those are those are my guys. I was thinking of. Shout think out to uh, Dick Buckus on Twitter, by the way. Yeah, oh, he's follow. amazing on Twitter, <laughs> and he's got the blue check mark now. He's very he did. Good. He oh, finally got it. That's tremendous news. <laughs> no, I don't think he laid the wood. He laid the whole tree. <laughs> he d- yeah, he did lay. Uh, he d- definitely did that. <laughs> uh, let's get to my team tackle. So I had uh, on this Brian Nurlacher, Mike Singletary, Mike Brown, uh, Charles Peanut Tillman. Lance Briggs, I put Richard Dent, and then Alex Brown. And if someone's wondering, well, where the hell is Butkus? I didn't want six out of the seven with you after we reviewed these lists prior. Like, we had to find someone else to give Bears fans, uh, you know, a different idea here. And the next one out of a bear that I watched in my lifetime uh, would definitely be a guy like Alex Brown. I think he's one of those most underrated bears, mm-hmm. really, of all time when you look at what he's able to accomplish here in his time in Chicago. But all these players, you know, high intensity, high effort. And I hope that every single one of them were players that Coach Eberflus reached out to with those group of, like, alumni because – and even your list, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the 30 to 35 alumni that, uh, you know, Iberflus reached out to, Olin Krutz being one of them. So put, put him in there. Obviously, he's an offensive guy. But, yeah, so now we have a, we have a ding? That was for Olin Krutz. Oh, okay. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> and we have Roquan Smith. So yes. that new era, like, yes. we were, I mean, obviously, we can do it with these current bearers. But it's like, you know, maybe it's too soon. We have to see the system. But, like, Roquan Smith's an automatic lock-in. You know he's going to be running to the ball. Um, how about, how about this name from the chat? Julius Peppers. Yeah. Okay. So when I put like Khalil Mack down there, I wanted to put someone from this last year and Akeem Hicks definitely worthy of it. Julius Peppers was like the one I was like debating like, okay, do I just take out Mack and put Peppers? I can't, I can't be wrong there, but yeah, definitely another guy that embodies the the team tackling here. You know, I love Julius Peppers. It's just, 
unfortunately, my last memory of him is like in a Packers <laughs> yeah, uniform. Yeah. So it's one of those where not that I slight him for it. It's, it's a business, and it, it you know those things happen. But that's maybe that's why I went with Alex Brown. There you go. That's uh, I mean. I don't blame you there. All right. So uh, the best way that you can support CHGO is to download the PointsBet app and use code CHGO when you sign up. Uh, if you do that right now, you'll get two risk-free bets up to $2,000, but that's not it. If you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content. You'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker. That's $2,000 in free bets, a free CHGO membership, and a free t-shirt from the CHGO locker, all for making more than a $50 first-time deposit over at PointsBet. And of course, if you have any questions, you can email pointsbet at allchgo.com and it will help you out. Your home for live in-play betting just got even better. Introducing PointsBet's new feature, live college basketball same game, same game parlay for the first time ever. You can build a perfect live same game parlay only with points bet combine your favorite bets anytime during the game and if you want more you can also boost your live same game parlays so watch live parlay live and boost live with points bet and now online sign up is available in Illinois, you can download the PointsBet app right now and register your account from start to finish all from your phone. Plus, during PointsBet Match Madness, all users can earn up to $100 in free bets. During each round, just place $50 pregame wager and get a free $20 live bet to be used for that round. So what are you waiting for? Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with PointsBet. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Before I get to Strava Coffee real quick, I see there's like a Jay Cutler discussion going on in the chat right now, and I'm wondering, how did this happen? We were just talking about defensive guys and buying into the system, and now actually there's a bunch of quarterbacks being listed in here. So. I believe it's uh, our our good friend, the uh, Lions fan, Don Burr. Oh, okay. And he's bringing up quarterbacks, gotcha. and suddenly there's just a slew of quarterbacks being thrown about, bantied about in the chat room. Okay. I Thanks. was just wondering. I look yeah. down here. I have, the, have it open up here, and I see Jay Cutler, but... Uh, let me tell you about the Strava Coffee, and I want to ask you a question. Want to start your day with a competitive edge? Strava CBD Coffee is a game changer and has helped thousands of people to improve their overall wellness and quality of life. Strava delivers delicious, fresh, roasted specialty coffee infused with organic broad-spectrum CBD. Just so you know, CBD from hemp doesn't make you high or hungry, but it does offer real benefits that can help you like feeling alert and focused without the jitters, living your day more balanced with less anxiety and fewer aches and pains. Plus, including CBD in your daily routine can help you enjoy more restful sleep so you wake up feeling at your best. And the best part about all of this, Strava is all about quality. Everything is small batch, fresh, and shipped straight to your door. Strava also offers concentrated full-spectrum CBD tinctures for those looking for a more traditional CBD format with a powerful entourage effect of benefits. CHGO listeners can save 25% on their entire purchase when you use code CHGO25. That's 25% off your entire order at StravaCraftCoffee.com when you use code CHGO25 at checkout. Discount coupon valid on non-subscription purchases only, one use per customer. Already love Strava? Subscribe and save with the Strava Coffee Club. With Strava, you are in control. Save on your favorite coffees and have them automatically delivered to your home or office on your preferred schedule. 
I mean, you get a cup of coffee, you get your CBD fix, which uh, I've always found benefits with CBD, whether it be calming down some of that anxiety that I would feel, uh, pain management. There's so many benefits of it. And again, you get your little coffee kick all at the same time. It's a a win-win situation. Use that promo code, you know, help us out there. And then if you love it enough, definitely sign up for that coffee club and save more and, you know, get it on the regular. But Nick, I'm excited to get into our next segment because uh, if you don't know by now, we're already back on the clock. (laughs) That's right. We're going to be continuing our segment from yesterday. So we did the Bears' uh, first two picks in the second round, and we thought, why not just kind of continue this for like a week-long mock draft? So are you excited to be on the clock at pick number 71? Yeah, and for people who didn't check out yesterday's episode, feel free to go do that so you know exactly where we're coming from. We'll definitely provide some background on that. But we did give our first two picks in the second round in yesterday's podcast, and now we're kind of continuing off of that like Will just said. Yep, so uh, we shouldn't waste any time because, as you know, like the clock is ticking down, and we need to make some of these picks. So let's find out who's available on the clock at 71. So some guys on our radar include Darian Kennard, the interior offensive lineman out of Kentucky, Jeremy Ruckert, the tight end out of Ohio State, if you want to pair Justin Fields with a former playmaker, Darian Beavers, the linebacker out of Cincinnati, uh, Fedarian Mathis, the defensive tackle out of Alabama. Basically anyone named Darian or yes. <laughs> some, some form of it. Yes, if, you, if your name's Darian, you're on our big board apparently. And then last but not least, Marcus Jones, a cornerback. How'd he get on Houston. there? <laughs> what are we doing here? <laughs> uh, we'll figure that one out. But Nick, I want you to go ahead and kick this one off. If you can choose between this group of guys, if you're, you know, Ryan Poles on the clock here at pick 71, going off, and again, we're counting yesterday's picks too because we want to keep these a cohesive mock draft. Who are you taking here? Yes, yeah, so just in case anyone didn't see it, I took Kyler Gordon out of Washington, the cornerback, with my very first pick, and then I got David Bell, wide receiver out of Purdue. So here in that list, I'm taking Darian Kennard, the offensive lineman out of Kentucky. He was a three-year starter at right tackle at Kentucky, but more so projects inside at the NFL level. 6'5", 322 pounds, ended on a strong note at Kentucky there, only allowed one pressure in his final five career games. And I would describe this guy as a mauler, somebody that just plays nasty, has a physical presence, and that goes right coincide with Matt Eberflus's Eminem acronym. So if, if you're looking for that nastiness, that guy that has a motor but is mean, that's Darren Kennard. And he does have the athleticism to play in a heavy zone scheme like the Bears want to bring to Chicago. The knocks on him, though, um, include some of his lateral quickness, and that's why he is projected to kind of move inside from tackle to guard, so where you're able to see more of those traits that he already displays and is really good at. And why this makes sense for the Bears, obviously the Bears don't have a right guard currently right (laughs) now with Ryan Bates going back to Buffalo and – I just thought that if the Bears could get somebody like this, and maybe, maybe he does need to be coached up a little bit too, if especially you're going to move him inside. But the upside to that, and getting somebody that fits that philosophy that they're trying to build on the offensive line, it made sense for me to draft Darian Kennard out of Kentucky. Would you expect him to be a starter right away, or would the Bears pair him with like a, a veteran and kind of play the waiting game, or have him earn a, a starting spot? I see. I would prefer if the Bears did have some kind of veteran there at right guard. And then you can maybe ease him in into that that starting role later on in the season. But if he buys into this system, learns under Chris Morgan, the offensive line coach for the Bears, and is able to adjust quickly, and he shows it in camp, like you put the best five out there. 
he has a great personality too. I remember our time at the NFL Combine and his interview was, I mean, he didn't hold anything back. He said, it, you know, exactly how he thought it. Like, hey, how are those interviews going? He's like, you know, pretty much we're just, you know, shooting it. Like there's <laughs> nothing really going on in there. So he's, you know, not trying to sugarcoat anything or really, you know, hide. He's just like, yeah, this is kind of how it is. And I think the Bears would appreciate that honesty. Check out this chat from Jeremy uh, who says, why does Kennard project as a guard? What are you basing that on? Yeah, because of his lack of lateral quickness. It's basically how when you lead, read a lot of the draft reports, they say that he would project better inside. And it's not that he can't play on the – because he has played three years starter at the right tackle position. But I think as the NFL kind of looks at it, they project players. Where are you going to best fit, be the most successful? And that's kind of where he's kind of been pegged at as a right guard. And you can see that consensus on wherever you read kind of like the draft profiles. But – for me, too, like, he also, one of the knocks I didn't mention, like, he did end up on the ground a lot at that right tackle position, and obviously you don't want to be in that position as an offensive lineman, but it's not to say that he can't do it. It's just he might project better as a right guard. So for my pick here at 71, uh, for everyone's uh, reference, I took Sky Moore and Jamari Salier yesterday, so I have a wide receiver, and I already took my guard, so I'm mm-hmm. looking to fill some other needs here. And I went with a guy that I've already done a lot of homework on for the past like month and a half. And that's going to be uh, Marcus Jones, the cornerback out of Houston. Uh, I really love what I see, you know, out of a Marcus Jones. He's someone that uh, he's a little bit smaller, mm-hmm. but he's also super feisty, uh, really, really smooth with his agility uh, on top of that as well. Uh, he can really mirror with the receivers. He projects as like a slot guy just due to his size. Obviously, the Bears do have a need for that nickel oh, yeah. corner. Uh, as well. He's someone with a hell of a ball production, uh, five interceptions last year, which I think was like top five in all of, you know, college football uh, a year ago, double digits in the PBU market as well. And uh, he's someone that when I look at him, I think he embodies what it means to be a Chicago bear on this defense. Uh, I love watching him play so much like high energy as well. Uh, So he's someone I think will bring kind of like that next attitude uh, to this defense. And, you know, when I think about him and what he brings to the table and how he can kind of help the bears as well. I mean, it's really multifaceted because he was also, a hell of a return man. Mm. Uh, fourth in the NCAA in punt return yards on average, 14.4. He had a 91.6 kickoff return grade on PFF, which was the best of all college football. Nine career touchdown returns. Uh, so you have that, and that's not all. He can also play offense. Uh, he had 10 catches, 109 yards, and a touchdown as a receiver last year. And a lot of this talk from the new Bears regime is going back to some of these roots and what worked before. And I was telling you last night, I'm like, Nick, uh, you know, a day two guy who can play corner, who has all this, you know, electric return experience. Mm. Maybe he can help out an offensive receiver too. You can't help but make a Devin Hester, you know, comparison here as well. So uh, going back to your roots, you know, if you can bring in that electric returner uh, with, you know, some versatility as well on top of that, I think that's really, really intriguing to me. Obviously, uh, his size is a concern, especially against bigger receivers. Again, he's only 5'8", 174, which is small even for a slot cornerback in this league. Uh, He needs to get a little bit better at anticipation, um, but he's super twitchy. Remember that one video I showed you where he pretty much uh, was following a receiver and then within two frames was able to have a vertical where his – Sprung up. Sprung up where his ankles were at the waist of, like, the tight end that he was covering uh, on that play as well. But, you know, he projects best in a cover two zone scheme uh, as well. 
So I just love everything that he brings to the table, and it just makes a lot of sense, again, to kind of bring someone who has high ball production, uh, the kind of effort mentality that you're looking for in this defense, and again, can be used as a returner. He can be used on offense. I think it would be a fun piece uh, for the Bears to just have in this roster in general. Anytime you can you know, add to your resume and, and add that special teams kind of value, especially um, kind of going later into the draft, like team, you're going to find a way onto a team. For sure, and your guy definitely fits the bill with that. To go into my next pick now, Will, mm-hmm. number 148, who I'm thinking, like, again, I took a DB in Kyler Gordon, took David Bell wide receiver, I took Darian Kennard, the offensive lineman. Now, here are the top five players available at pick 148. You have Matt Ariza, the punter out of San Diego Ooh, State. Punt right? God. Punk God, and I wonder for people like you look at these five. Are you taking Are you taking Matt Ariza right now? I'm just curious because we kind of had this discussion off camera. Um, just curious on your thoughts there. You have Jack Jones, a cornerback out of Arizona State. You have uh, Darren Rosenthal, the another Kentucky offensive lineman. Brian Cook, the safety out of Cincinnati, and ooh, like like tic- how do you even say that one? Like Tixis. Lasitas, Lasitas, I, I think Smith? you can't see the eye from the monitor here. Yeah. Okay. L-A-C-I-T-U-S. Oh, okay. Glasses, well, maybe. Smith. That's <laughs> another <laughs> offensive lineman. I'm going with Brian Cook out of Cincinnati. Address that safety position, one that the Bears currently don't have on this roster. And when you watch his film and see what he can do, there's one word that just comes up: physical. A guy that just, again, like I was kind of talking about with like a Mike Brown s, where he comes down and can like lay the wood or lay the whole tree, as Will was kind of saying with Dick Buckus, that's what you see out of a Brian Cook. Plays downhill, you'll see him playing single high or in the box, but he also kind of brings that alpha mentality, that kind of vibe to him as you're kind of watching what he's capable of doing, but will set the tone and deliver some hits. At six foot one, 200 pounds, he's a guy that can definitely dislodge the football from receivers, tight ends. Did a pretty good job, and again, the game against Notre Dame, when tight end was running a wheel route down the left sideline, Cook is able to, one, diagnose the play, run stride for stride with him, turn back to the ball, locate it, and just knock the ball out of the air. And very athletic play from a guy that, um, again, is, I would say, a bit bigger, 6'1", 200, but he also has 96 total tackles, two interceptions, and nine passes defense. So, uh, again, I really like his ability to recognize the screen game there were a couple plays where you just felt bad for the running back where, yes, the blocking's trying to get there, the play's about to develop, and then there's Cook blowing it up. <laughs> and you're like, okay, the Bears can use a guy like that alongside an A. Jackson. And, again, the knocks on a player like this, um, I think receivers in the slot that are a little bit more twitchy, shifty, that can get off the line of scrimmage and kind of break that press release, um, they can give him some trouble in the slot. And he doesn't really have that long speed to really run stride for stride with maybe a faster wide receiver. But if you're looking for someone that's going to embody the Eberflus mentality, this hits philosophy, man, I think Brian Cook would be a home run hit for, for what this Bears defense could use at the safety position alongside A. Jackson. Goose called him uh, in, in the chat. Goose said he's a heat-seeking missile. That's a really good way of describing it. A heat-seeking missile is what Brian Cook is. Sounds like a great pair for Eddie Jackson. I, I think they need more of that. Box kind of safety, someone that can, again, lay the wood. 
So I see a lot of love already in the chat, you know, for, you know, the punter here out of uh, San Diego State. <laughs> and I love it. I mean, it. <laughs> I had it first. Like, you I did. did have the punter first. I played, you know, I punted all throughout uh, Pop Warner, even in high school. And this is a guy, as our producer Law said before the show, flips the field every single time. Punt God. Punt <laughs> God. Unfortunately, though, someone else dared me to pick him, uh, and that is uh, Mr. Rosenthal, uh, the offensive lineman here out of Kentucky. I wanted to go with a tackle uh, because this guy has all the physical traits that you're looking for, more so than anyone else uh, in this class. He looks the part. He's six foot seven, 327 pounds, and despite being so big, he is a tremendous athlete. He ran the fastest 40 of all the offensive linemen this year at a 488. Imagine Nick 6'7, 327, 488 speed coming at you. I don't want to imagine that. That sounds <laughs> awful. <laughs> so his potential, I'm calling it sky high. He's a real diamond in the rough. Uh, his movement in space is extraordinary. Again, super athletic. Climbs that second level in a hurry. Great foundation to kind of build on and improve uh, his pass pro. His, you know, he's really raw in his sets and his footwork. Uh, like your safety on the opposite side, though, uh, Rosenthal is really good in the screen game, you know, getting upfield and kind of leading the way, uh, which is someone in like a Jamari Salier that I mentioned yesterday is another great wrinkle to his game. So I'm kind of building a theme here of guys that can participate and really excel, helping out the Bears on the perimeter in those screen games. Uh, he plays through the whistle. He has a lot of grit, so he's mean. Obviously, he's big. He's strong. There's your muscle. Uh, and when we're looking at plays yesterday, watching film, you know, a great time preparing with you last night watching some film on all these guys remember that slap play <laughs> when he was just hand fighting for a good three seconds and just I think the tweet the caption was ripped the soul out of the defender it took the DE and whipped him and I think he flew like six seven yards backwards yeah it was so it was like a kung fu-esque kind of thing because yeah. his hands are moving so fast to, to get out of here so it was impressive to watch yeah. for sure uh, he takes also uh defenders for a ride again and with the fastest 40 in the draft class of linemen uh you know for defenders at the next level they just better be wearing their seat belts because it can be quite a ride <laughs> but i like it if you want to look at the reasons why he's falling so far it's just because he is so raw uh, he was a two-way player until 2018 until he focused solely on offense he's really going to need to work to become more fundamentally sound it's going to take a lot of good coaching to tap into his raw potential, very much a project. Uh, I'm looking at him like raw clay. Wow, that rain is really coming down. Beautiful, <laughs> beautiful March day in Chicago. That's right. Oh, yeah. uh, but he is like raw clay, and if he can get the right direction and like coaching staff to kind of mold him, Rosenthal can be something special uh, in this league. So I'm preaching patience. I would pair him with someone like an Eric Fisher. So he doesn't have to be starting right away. You give him a year or two, and if you trust your coaching staff, which I hope the Bears do to kind of develop this guy, I think if you have a starting left tackle that can be a top guy in this league for years to come, the pair of Justin Fields, you just have to wait a bit to kind of coach him up and season him. I would take a chance here. You know, I pick, what are we, almost like 148 now? Absolutely would take uh, a chance on this kid and pray and hope and believe I can coach him up to be something that he and has the potential to become. Yeah, you know, I think Guys, I want to jump in. Sorry. Yeah. There's been a lot of talk in the chat about Ariza. I was going to bring him up. Yeah. Okay. I, I do think Rob just sums it up best here. He says, the Bears don't need a punter, especially not punt God, because they are scoring on every possession. Love it. Let's go Bears. <laughs> I like it, Rob. But I like the, uh, the optimism mm -hmm. of what this offense can be. But, yeah, I think people overall were – you know, they liked our picks, but I think Matt Ariza just kind of takes a cake. What we should have picked for for all of our picks just 
Manorizer. Yeah. Punt so guy. yes, every pick. I'm I'm all for <laughs> it. I love that guy. Second round punt god. Second round Feel second the team pick. of Manorizers. <laughs> Ooh, that's something that my kid does. Like on Madden. On Madden. Okay. He likes to just do like weird things. Like I made my kicker my quarterback, and I'm like his overall's twelve. He's like, yeah, but he can hand the ball off. And mm, I'm like, all okay. right, well, I mean that's fine. I guess you can win games I, I that guess. way. <laughs> I mean, I really have to work hard to throw those. Oh yeah. Um, was it Hecker or the the Rams? Johnny player? Hecker. Yeah. Yeah. I'd pick him to be the guy that actually throws. So, a uh, word of advice too, like when you have a kid and you're playing Madden together, like you can be nice, but even like there's times when and he's only nine and he had uh, the ball and he was driving down uh, as I was letting him drive down and the clock was ticking and he was only down by like two and I didn't tell him to take a timeout and he ended up oh. out of time and he <laughs> lost and he was so pissed and like I bet. threw the controller, stormed out of the room, was like. Well, next time you'll know to take the time out. And that's a learning I'm just teaching them situational football. Yeah. I mean, we played Madden not too long ago, Will. And, you know, we were competitive Uh, for what, a half or a quarter? I I let you hang around for a while. And then I, yeah, that didn't end up very well. I also want to jump in here. Uh, uh, We have a super chat from Brandon who just, he's calling out our friend Don Burr, our Lions fan. Um, He says, you know, he's more relevant than the Lions. And I'm just going to say, (laughs) <laughs> that that's a nice thing to say, but you know, we're a community and I love that Don Burr is always in here. And so Don responded and he says that I am Detroit. And you know what? We love to have him in here. I love that. He kind of adds to the chat every day. So thanks Don. Appreciate it. And thank do you, you Brandon, for the history the of chat. like Don Burr a bit or I do not. I'm new to this whole He's thing. He's been uh, on this channel uh, with Nick and I for Forever. years. <laughs> like I can't remember a time without uh, a Don Burr. And I know he had like one account and then it, I think YouTube did something with it. So now it's like Don Burr 2.0 uh, as well. And he was gone for a bit and people were actually like worried. Where's like Don Burr? where's yeah. Don Burr? <laughs> like they expect to see him here. And uh, you know, even though he's a Lions fan, he's always in here, you know, promoting his team. He's always been here. And I do look at him as like part of our community. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, if you look in the chat, Don Burr is there. He's a legend. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, thank you, Torin. He's a legend. I appreciate that. Torin's been here for years as well. Oh, yeah. I love There's been a lot of people cliff. in this chat that, you know, been here since the beginning. Yeah. Which it's, is awesome. Which is uh, so cool. I, I love it cliff so much. being one of those as well. Yep, Don Burr is everywhere. <laughs> and nowhere all at the same time. Yeah. Both wearing blue. We both are wearing blue. I know Adam's coming here, you know, within a few minutes. Uh, I saw that he said he's about five away, and that was almost five ago. Is he here? Not yet. So okay. go ahead. So Why don't you hit that ad read? Reads in and then yeah, exactly. Maybe, I figured maybe Adam Hope will be joining the show from Chicago, right? Like he'll yeah, be. Yeah, I think he flew mm-hmm. in here, so maybe you know, depending on the airport, we'll uh, get That's some interesting background. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> what weather to come back from? Yeah, look like at he, this. And it, they were bragging about the weather. A I bit heard that on his mm-hmm. uh, Hogan John. So uh, I think this is what Take he. Take that. Yeah, exactly. yeah, welcome home. Yeah, welcome home. Welcome to home, reality. Adam Hogue. All right. So if you enjoy CHGO, you know one way that you can help continue us to grow is to download the points bet app and use the code chgo when you sign up not only are you going to get two risk-free bets up to two thousand dollars but if you make a fifty dollar or more first time deposit you'll receive a free chgo membership which unlocks all of our web content and you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the chgo locker and if you have any questions email pointsbet at allchgo.com and we'll help you out and in case you missed it online sign up is available in illinois you can actually download the points bet app Right now, and register your account from start to finish, all from your phone. You'll be signing up with the fastest sports book ever. It's easier than ever, and you can start living your bet life in seconds. I said it yesterday. I'll say it again. That was the easiest sign-up I've ever had on a betting mm-hmm. app in my whole life, and that's why I love PointsBet. It took, like, literally like two minutes, 
and hey, I'm ready to roll. Let's uh, let's start making a parlay. So what are you waiting for? Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with points bet. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. All right, Chicago sports fans, if you aren't a member of our CHGO family, what are you waiting for? Members will have access to all of our premium content from all of our great writers. You also get a free T-shirt of your choice when you become a member, and you get access to the members-only Discord, the CHGO Lounge. And, of course, we have podcasts and live shows like this one on every team every day. So come join this amazing family that is constantly growing here at CHGO. All right, you're listening to the CHGO Bears podcast, and we're entering the final segment of today's episode, and perfect timing, Nick. There he is. Adam's I see him. here. Hey, Adam. Sorry, that's my bad. Uh, say hi again. I muted you. Yeah, hey, guys. The weather's a little different here. Yeah, we were just saying uh, before you hopped on that, you know, you and, uh, you know, Johns were kind of bragging about that Florida weather yesterday on your podcast. And uh, we heard and uh, we summoned the rain gods for you. Uh, Thank you. We appreciate that. Um, (laughs) Yeah, it's well deserved, but, but we still got to experience the nice sunny weather. You did not. So I'm okay with this. I'm okay. I'm okay with that exchange. Um, No, yeah, it's a, what an interesting couple days. They, um, it's become a recent trend where they kind of speed things up and try to get everything done by Tuesday. I kind of expected that to happen again, and it did. Um, but uh, I, I thought that the, a lot of it, a lot of things came out in the last couple of days for the Bears that um, honestly are maybe a, I'd say mostly positive. I mean, just um, granted, I mean those guys are always going to say like the positive things that make you want to think positively, but um, I still think that as we try to get to know Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus more and more. And, and I thought George McCaskey, George McCaskey's always really good at the owners meetings. Like these, I don't think these zoom calls that he's been a part of in these big press conferences he's had to do over zoom the last couple of years have been, have been great for him. But when he's in a much more comfortable setting, you know, we're talking to him literally right next to the Atlantic ocean yesterday, like waves are crashing in the background. It, it, it was a, I think he's a lot more comfortable talking about the team that he runs at this point. What are some of those takeaways? Because, you know, Nick and I were looking around and there really wasn't a lot that kind of came out from, you know, your guys' time with George McCaskey other than, you know, the fact that polls will have to report to him kind of regularly. But outside of that, we didn't get much. No, and that, and that's true. Um, I mean, honestly, I think the biggest news is that he confirmed that Virginia McCaskey had a medical scare uh, yeah. in January. And there's been some rumors flying around. Nothing had been confirmed and um, – you know, uh, it, just to hear that one, there was an issue back in January, but the better news being that she's doing a lot better now. And they yes. said that it's it, George said it's past uh, has been resolved. The medical issue has been resolved. And um, unfortunately, she was still not able to make it to the owners meetings. And that was we always see most of the McCaskey family down there. She's always present at the big uh gala reception that they have on Monday nights down there and and we didn't see her so you know kind of had a feeling and George confirmed um, what was going on but it does sound like she's doing better that was kind of the big takeaway honestly Um, otherwise yeah I was the one asking kind of the questions about what George how this dynamic between George and Ryan Poles has been working and Ted Phillips kind of shoved to the side as I suspected 
Ted still kind of showing George how to do everything. Or I mean, and that was George's words. He's been a great teacher. Ted's been a great teacher. And Ryan's being patient with me as I take over this, uh, you know, n- new gig or what he put, new job, however he put it, new responsibility. Um, and, and really what it means, like, for the fans, it just means that, you know, those two are going to meet more. George is going to be – I don't like using the words hands-on because it's not like he's necessarily calling the shots in any way. I mean, we're, we're there's really no evidence of that. I mean, the couple big things that have come up is obviously the Khalil Mack trade. So, like, hey, George, this is what I'm thinking about. I think we need to trade Khalil Mack. This is why it's best for the organization, and George signed off on it. That's really more what it's about is just signing off on it. Those conversations in the past would have gone to Ted, and then if needed, gone up to George too. Um, and then the other one was – hey, I want to hire an assistant general manager. This is a position the Bears have never had before. And can I do that? And George said, yes, you can. So um, that's another example of something where George is letting Ryan Poles do his job, which is a good thing. But that being said, um, it is a little bit of a different structure. And it's even a different structure involving Ian Cunningham just being at the top with those two guys in lockstep and um, by the way, I have a 10 Bears Things column going up on all CHGO. That's the lead, number one item in there. And then there's a whole bunch of other stuff, things loaded, plenty of stuff from the last two days that's going up for our members at allchgo.com. Well, I've been looking forward to, to reading that, Adam. You mentioned yesterday on the Hogan Johns podcast, just listening to Ryan Poles speak, he sounded like he had more conviction. And you mentioned Poles' attitude was almost more important than what he said what, why do you think that? What, what kind of led you to believe like his attitude is, you know, being different? What does that kind of mean for, for him and like maybe this Bears organization? Well, I just kind of like when a guy owns his decisions or owns even things that aren't his decisions, just things that happened, right? That aren't always ideal. I, I, I get frustrated sometimes. I've been covering, and it's not just the Bears, it's not, it's really all of our teams in town and really t- professional teams in general. It's just kind of I feel like the way PR has gone, like team PR has gone, where it's just like deny the littlest bad thing that could ever happen, like like it or, or just treat it like it never happened. It's like I, I just I, I don't I, I think you come off a lot better if you just acknowledge mistakes when they happen or and again, I don't even call the Larry Ogunjobi thing a mistake. It's just an unfortunate event that occurred. And I just appreciated that Ryan Poles came out and was like, yeah, this happened. It sucked. It was not ideal for anybody involved. It was especially hard on Larry Ogunjobi, um, who didn't get the money and the contract he thought he was getting. It was hard on the general manager who had to explain that to him. Um, And I appreciated, which was something that we talked about at the time, the idea that it probably cost the Bears other free agents that week. So that's just one example of him kind of owning – um, something that was negative and just saying, and then we moved on and we learned from it. Um, I just thought he talked with conviction and, um, you know, you could just kind of tell that he's believing in the direction that the bears are going on here, which is, I don't know that it's been very popular with the fans at this point. And everybody's kind of waiting for more and more moves. They want to see Justin Fields at better protection, um, and I'm sure they weren't happy with everything that Ryan Pohl said on Monday, but uh, that's what I meant by it's just kind of the way it came out. 
Um, and this was a tough one, by the way, because because this isn't a public press conference that's aired on YouTube or even the audios out there. I mean, this this is kind of the one setting during the year where it's just kind of a bunch of reporters talking with the GM on the side, and it doesn't you don't the the fan base doesn't necessarily get to see what he looks like or hear his words necessarily. Um, but I'm telling you, from having been there. I appreciated his candor and just the confidence in how he spoke. Oh, gotcha. Absolutely. So after your time with us yesterday, you got to talk and sit down with, you know, Coach Flus a little bit. And uh, for fans that want to listen to the entire interview, which was a tremendous, you know, interview, really? definitely check out the latest episode of the Hogan Johns podcast. Uh, I really enjoyed listening to that uh, on our drive back from the studio yesterday. Uh, I just wanted to, you know, pick your brain on a few of those topics and kind of give some of that insight over here on the CHGO Bears podcast. And uh, let's start with the fact that, you know, they believe going back to a 4-3 are going to keep things a little bit more simple and some of the benefits behind that. Yeah, and, you know, this is something where I go back and forth on between some of these more exotic defenses and um, more simple defenses like, we saw in the Lovey Smith years where it's just like, we're going to run what we run and, and we're, you're going to pick up some yards, but eventually we're going to take the ball away or we're going to hold you to a field goal. Um, you know, the bend, but don't break type thing. But when, where the simplicity comes in is the idea that there's not a ton of sub packages, you know, and that's a big difference between three, four defenses right now and four threes that the, the three, four, I think allows you a little bit more flexibility in some of your personnel and it allows some players to be more versatile, a little bit more hybrid. Um, you could run more exotic things. Like we saw, it always stood out to me. There was a package that Vic Fangio had with Sherrick McManus, who is a special teamer, but a very athletic, quick um, player but he never really made it as a corner, a reliable nickelback. But Vic Fangio had a, a sub package where he came in and used him as an edge rusher to go get the quarterback. You guys remember that? I oh, mean, yeah. So, and it's not that you can't do those types of things in a 4-3, but it's it's more of a system where you just kind of believe in what you do. And I and, and Iberfus talked about like what the benefits are of that, and, and it's essentially that players can think less. There's less... Oh, I gotta go in on this down, or not going out on this down. It's it's less about how, you know, what they're doing, and focusing more on how they're doing it, focusing on the technique, um, and and I think that simplicity can pay off in, in big ways. Now, does it make it a little bit easier for the opposing offense and the quarterback to maybe diagnose what you're in? Potentially, and that's where you got to kind of have that bend but don't break mentality. And Iberflus's defense in in Indy did give up yards, but the idea was that at the end of the day, I think they still ranked eighth in defensive DVOA this past season. Um, they took the ball away, and they did all that without a whole lot of pass rushing production. Real quickly, I just want to get your thoughts on what Eberflus had to say about Justin Fields and if whether or not he has enough weapons around him. I know he commented on that. Just what were his takeaways from there? You know, this kind of goes back to what we were just talking about with Ryan Poles. Another thing I appreciated was just set the expectations for what they are. Everyone has high expectations for this quarterback. You should too. It's okay to say that. 
Um, and, and that's what I mean. Matt Eberflus straight up said it. Like we expect a big jump this year, and there better be a big jump. And he talked about accuracy. He talked about decision making, fundamentals, technique, all of it, all of the above. Justin Fields needs to be better, and I just I I like that. This is the NFL. This is a top first round pick. You know the biggest quarterback name that's been here in a long time, and there's high expectations. And and and, and by the way, he's a guy that can embrace those expectations. Um, and, and so, what you don't need to coddle these quarterbacks, treat them like adults. Um, this is the like I said, this is the NFL. So I, you know, Matty Rufus coming out as the head coach saying that I I just thought was was interesting, um, and notable and. Now it's up to Justin Fields to respond and and show them that he can do all those things. And I think he can. A couple of things that we liked from that interview that you're able to kind of extract uh, that we talked about in the top of the show was, you know, the team tackle. Uh, we had a fun little game with that yeah. earlier. That was, a, you know, a great point that he made, uh, as well as what can happen to some of those, you know, mid-range players if they do kind of really 100%, you know, buy into this system. What are your thoughts on that? Because obviously for like a Bears fan – I, I can envision it being hard to kind of buy into like, oh, you know, someone that was like a role player last year stepping into a larger role or being more impactful just because they're playing, you know, or buying into a system that preaches higher effort. Yeah. And the team tackle thing, that's something he hasn't talked about yet. I thought that was interesting. It's just the idea of if you're, if a play is within 15 yards of line of scrimmage and you get seven players to the ball, um, they count that as a team tackle. It's a statistic they'll keep internally and reward, um, you know, the defense with that. So um, I just found that interesting. I like that. Um, and then the idea, and that's the whole point of the hits principle, right? It's this hustle and this intensity, the way you go about your business on the football field. And what Matt Eberflus told us was that, you know, it can make a C-plus player a B-plus player. You know, and you're just getting more out of the talent you have on the field when they're just consistently playing with more effort. I mean, that's really what it's all about. And and it's a struggle. To, you, you could easily come back at me and be like, well, why don't guys play like that all the time? Well, good question. Why, why don't they? But it's, <laughs> the reality is they don't. They, it, it, they, they don't always play that way from snap to snap. Um, and it's because football is hard. And it's especially hard at the NFL level when you're pushing yourself to the max. So you got to have the conditioning, but you got to have the mentality. And that's what they are starting with from from day one when those players get in the building next week we're only a few days away from this when they arrive at house hall for the offseason program that's the mentality that they're going to start pushing um and the hope is as we you know we're sitting here every day on this show talking about how they don't have enough talent well if they can turn all those players like one letter grade up again no one's predicting you're going to super bowl or even the playoffs but that's the progress, and George McCaskey talked about this yesterday, unrealistically brought up the Super Bowl, but after he said that, <laughs> he talked about, hey, we're just looking for progress. We're looking for how we're doing things, uh, making sure we're doing it the right way. And if at the end of the season they can point to all that and look at some players that maybe went from a C to a B even, then I think it'll be regarded as a successful year one for Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus. Making it work here today with all of your travels coming back from Florida. It was a lot of fun uh, getting your insight. Uh, again, make sure to check out allchgo.com. Uh, that way you can get you know Adam's 10 things that we'll be publishing here today. 
And I have my travels too. I got to drive on back here to, you know, Indiana. And Adam, I definitely kept your seat warm for you tomorrow. So don't worry about that. And uh, I just want to thank everyone here for tuning in. You know, make sure to subscribe to this YouTube channel. That way you never miss, you know, an episode of The Bear Show as well as all the other ones here that we have every single day. Uh, get in on the action with a membership at allchio.com to get into our Discord and unlock all those written articles as well. Go follow CHGO Sports and at CHGO Bears uh, on Twitter. And, uh, again, I know we have that TikTok that people need to be checking out. Uh, but I will see all of you on Friday from our remote show. Um, but until then, bear down, Chicago. <laughs>